When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, you all, this is Carl from Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, sexual things in there that is quite uh, PG-13 related. In this episode, we are actually going to share a Hopi story that has a lot of explicitives in it. And you're going to hear Carl and I joking around being idiots, but, you know, that's not out of disrespect. It's just how Hopis are. Yeah, we're boys, so, yeah. (laughs) I can't say teabag without giggling. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So sit back and enjoy the episode and we'll just have some fun with it. Qua qua. Koen Vioma PLLC is 100% native owned and operated, founded by Viren Koen Vioma. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources, and energy. Koen Vioma is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering community activism and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations. Your family's health is important. Access and Kids Care can help you care for the people you care about. See a doctor on or off reservation at IHS Tribal and Urban Indian Clinics or anywhere else. Health coverage through Access and Kids Care is offered at no cost to tribal members, their children, and their grandchildren. To make an appointment with someone who can help you apply for health coverage, visit CoverAZ.org or call 211. If you already have have access or kids care don't forget to renew cover az can help with that as well that's c-o-v-e-r-a-z dot org or call 211 are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. And with me is the little drummer boy, Carl. <laughs> the little drummer boy. You know, uh, the little drummer boy back in 1950-something, odd something older than us, pretty much. He was somebody that lived in Hotvilla? He was somebody that lived in Hotvilla. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell that was? Never mind. You know, it's it's great to be back here in the studio, and and of course we we have one more episode that we want to share with you. But we have today today we're going to share with you a special episode because it is not really an episode of our own. It's it's basically 
We're going to be doing something very special. We're going to be doing something very special today. Today's episode is going to be cultured as, as AF. Yep, yep, exactly. And with that, we're going to be we're going to be laying down the the whole cultural scene just like KUII 88.1 FM here in uh beautiful downtown Gekotsmovi, Arizona. You know, we'll be we'll be sharing our side of the stories, our Hopi stories and uh make sure that we'll you know, explain everything on the way for you non-Hopis out there that are listening. And before we get to business, I'd like to give a quick shout out. I'd like to give a quick shout out to Danielle Ami, who made some generous uh, donations for our special giveaway that oh, we yeah, did. Yeah, and exactly so the winners right. were announced for the special giveaway. And so if you're curious to see as uh, if you're curious as to see who won, you can find that information on our Facebook or Instagram at Carl and J-Man. Yeah, exactly. And we have one more episode um, that will be next week, and that will be our live episode. So make sure you mark your calendars next week, Wednesday, is that we will we will be doing a live broadcast on Facebook and Instagram if we can get those things up, if the internet out here is being generous. And so as Carl mentioned before, you are on bonus time right now because we uh, we did surpass our 10th episode for the season. And so, you know, just a special gift to all the Carl and J-Man listeners out there that we brought to, we are about to give you this special episode. And basically what this special episode is that you are going, you are about to get legit Hopi stories. Yep. And so with this time of the year, is usually when traditionally that Hopi stories are being told in the villages, in the homes, due to it being Kelmia during the nighttime that nobody is to be out and about. And so everybody's just gathered in their homes and being uh, listened or listening to traditional stories. So, where as, as a child, were you told Hopi stories when you, you were You know, this was a question that I wanted to ask you as well. And, you know, I think I was only. Only once did I actually hear a traditional story be told yeah. in the traditional fashion. And it's really interesting because even though as a person in the audience listening to the storyteller tell the story that there's actually a, a, a some sort of phrase that you reference back. And I don't know what the purpose of that is. And you and I were trying to figure it out. But, you know, as somebody's telling the story that you sit there and you kind of say something, ah, or, or something. And so, you know, for the more traditional folks out there, you know, you can message us what, what that process is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you ever heard uh, traditional I, stories told no, I, I in usually, the traditional manner? I, I usually play my Game Boy when Soul is telling a story, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, you know, it's kind of some quick context and you know because Hopis that we do have our own stories yeah that yeah, are we share do. and these stories all tell different messages I yeah. guess or are about different things sometimes these stories are about historical accounts usually sometimes you know you'll hear the emergence the emergent story, emergent story yeah. during this time of the year from from hence where Hopis came from and I guess really all the people of the world where they came from or you're you're you will hear about mythical creatures you know the Isao coyote is a popular one yep. or uh Pesa, the mouse is another popular uh character within yeah. Hopi lore quote unquote lore and so you know all of these different stories I guess really at the end of the day it's supposed to give some sort of uh, message as to how we're supposed yeah, to yeah some of them are messages carry our yeah. lives or how we're not supposed to behave or how we're supposed to behave and that sort of thing and so t today's going to be kind of a little bit different because that um, 
kind of a disclaimer that we didn't really want to expose stories. Yeah. But yet we're going to expose stories. (laughs) And so the best way for us to do that is that we do have one of my favorite literature books, The Bed Bug Night Dance and Other Hopi Tales of Sexual Encounter. And so I guess, you know, learn why Hopis are so nesty out there. But this is a publication that was translated and edited by Kwa'a Eckhart Malotki. You know, it's funny because, you know, his last name is Malotki. Yeah. You would think, oh, this is some sort of Hopi guy. No. But he's a Pahana. Yeah, he's a German guy. So. He's a German. Yep. He's a German guy who exposed a lot of Hopi traditions out there and took a lot of pictures as well, too. He wrote a lot of books that uh, he, he believed that one day Hopi would not survive the 20th century. And so during the 18th and 19th century, he came over to the Hopi side and said that I'm going to document everything that you do here because you guys are going to die out very, very soon. And so that's what he did. He he was do, he was basically a documentary uh, guy documenting our culture and what it, we did before before our predicted demise. Yeah, our predicted demise. He yeah. thought McDonald's was going to kill us off, <laughs> which it is. Basically, he thought YouTube was going to kill us <laughs> off, or according to you, he thought the Phoenix Suns were going to come and sell us all jerseys, and then we're all going to die. Did you know some some ladies or some guy or some lady selling uh, their whole jersey set for a hundred bucks on on Facebook? Oh no, kidding! Yeah, <laughs> some guys just laughs at it. He's like, I'll take fifty for all of you. <laughs> <laughs> and and so you know, and this is a different episode. Yeah, that's we've never yeah. we've never done an episode like this before. And so basically, what we're going to do is that we're going to share one of the stories from this publication. We'll take pauses and you know make our comments on it, and then you know we'll get as far as we can for the uh, our time that we have allotted. But the real interesting thing that I like about this book in particular, and it's kind of funny, people kind of laugh at it because it has this sexual encounter yeah. uh, component to the book. And basically all of these stories are kind of are kind of nasty, yeah, yeah. As, as, as Hopis like to say. But then, you know, a lot of the stories within this book, I think the probably the biggest thing, if you're able to read it, is the translation in Hopi. And so if you open this book, the left side of the book is in Hopi, and then the English translation is on the right side. And so that's the thing that I like about this book. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, go ahead and uh, see if we can uh, understand what the old time Hopis were saying back then. Alexei. Yao songo paveye siwa. Nok yao pep e sahimui teo. Ki kyang pom yao pas kyana waknake. Alexei, people were living at Sangopavi. A handsome boy was at home there who was extremely choosy and did not care for any of the girls. Not one of them was good enough for him. He happened to be the village chief's son. Since he had no sweetheart, the girls kept flocking to him, courting his affection, but he never gave in to any of them. Whenever the girls came to woo him, he would say... In quote, the girl I want must be very beautiful. She must be light-complected and have long hair. Her lower must be big, her thighs white and smooth. This is what he used to say. It's all we dream about. <laughs> He's like, back up, bitches. <laughs> Some bitch out there is uh, not worthy enough for me. So when I take it, when the girls come, like he has a measuring tape has a or measuring something t- in his pocket. And <laughs> Stick your lower over here and we'll measure in. 
your cussy is not big enough for me. <laughs> okay. In the face of such requirements, a girl would get discouraged and leave. When another tried her luck, she received the same treatment. Soon the boy had dealt with all the marriageable girls in Songopavi. Not one was to his liking. Next, the young women of Masangnavi sought the youth out. He checked them all out, but they all failed his demands. Nor did the Sapalavi girls fare any better. He found fault with every one of them. When he was done with them, the girls from Walpi tried their luck. Again, <laughs> he rejected a lot of them. When no Walpi girl was left, the unmarried women of Oraivi had their turn. The boy took a look at each and every one of them, but they did not satisfy his expectations. Because they're all this, hairy. This kind of sounds like some of those guys you hear about that have ladies from from all, all over of the, the villages. Yeah, all the villages. Yep. Except that, I guess that's not lords. Yeah. Yeah, the, all of the Ojaibi girls and Munkapi girls, they're all hairy up there, that's why. I know all of your guests. All the coyote girls all the up corn there. corn ladies nope, from both nope. those villages. <laughs> <laughs> and so things were between the chief's son and his female quarters. On the west side of Songopavi was an area of ash slopes and trash piles. Here lived some people who were commonly not regarded as fit to make their homes in the village proper. Among them also was a girl who was quite homely. She had only a grandmother. One day she said to her grandmother, One day she said to her <laughs> grandmother, What is it? The latter replied. You remember this boy, the son of the chief who was so particular with girls? I'd like to try also. Oh dear, my poor grandchild, we're not even viewed as people. The villagers don't care for us. That boy would never accept you, she said. But I'd like to give it a try at least, the girl insisted. Very well then, her grandmother consented. If indeed that's what you think we can try, but he won't consider us. We are poor folks. And so I guess every village has that ash that ash slope. A oh part yeah, of it everybody, where everybody the trash, dumps the their, trash slope. Dumps their kutsvi, and yep. I, I guess that's where these people lived. Huh. After taking a great length to, after talking a great length to her grandmother, the girl felt the urge to relieve herself. Nice. <laughs> she headed out to the toilet area and had just squatted down when a voice said, quote, "Shame on you, girl! Move a little farther away. When you're done, come into my adobe." End quote. The girl stepped aside. Upon relieving herself, she returned to the spot and looked at it. What she saw was a tiny hole. I can't get into this hole, she protested. Just rotate your heel and it's bound to get larger, the voice replied. It sounded like that of an old woman. And so it's some sort of old lady oh, that's, okay. that's talking to yeah. me. And so, you know, I always thought that that part of the story was interesting because then we talked about this during our Halloween episode yeah. Yeah. about people getting into tiny Tiny, tiny, or tiny spots, entrances yeah. by the way of magic. Yeah. The girl obeyed. True enough, no, sir, no sooner did she rotate her heel than the hole grew wide and the entrance way to an underground kiva appeared. Now she was able to enter. Sit down, the old woman said, whoever she was. Have a seat, my granddaughter. I felt pity for you, so I created that urge in you to relieve yourself. I've been waiting for you here. I know your heart is set on trying to win that boy. 
Let me tell you right away, I'm with you and your granny. It's true, we're poor and do not rank as people. Dang, they're lowest clan of the bunch. That boy, on the other hand, wants a light-complected girl with smooth thighs, long hair, and a large, sweet loa. <laughs> boy wants a white woman. <laughs> He's like rejecting all the pretty hopey girls and just wants a white woman. Played out simple. Yeah, he's like, damn. Oh, that's what he's been telling every girl. Go on and you give it a try. I promise you. Four days from now, you'll go to him every morning for the next four days. You must come to me. I'll do my best to make you look prettier by the time you visit the boy. <laughs> what was that what was that one movie the princess diaries was it that yeah, yeah the princess, princess diaries, diaries. just looks all ratty <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I, I guess you know kind of for for non-hopies i guess out there because i've yeah. heard this before yeah i've heard that you know like he said in the long long ago that hopi men were attracted to light complected women yeah yeah because then i guess what they said was that if a, if a lady was dark complected it meant that they were outside all the time basically taking the role of a man yeah so if a woman was too dark then they say you better check her she might have balls i like black women though (laughs) (laughs) but anyway yeah it is true it is true that that hopi men had a certain taste for light complected girls because girls are supposed to be inside all the time and Mm -hmm. i guess it Mm -hmm. does reflect it like that as well too and apparently they like sweet lois too so (laughs) i I don't I don't know what you do. Like you sprinkle sugar on it beforehand or almost. Uh, Yeah. Had the honey jar right there. (laughs) Okay. Back to the story. Every morning. Now the girl returned to the old woman. The first day, the latter said to her, all right, I'll wash your hair. Now upon completing this task, she combed it. She noticed that the girl's hair was quite short, small wonder for she was poor and destitute. To lengthen the girl's hair, she employed a sword ba- sword baton, baton. Yeah, baton. In addition, she chewed some medicine with which she sprayed the hair. Then pulling and stretching with the baton, she made the girl's strand grow much longer. Upon reaching a good length, she told her, Come back again tomorrow, and then I'll wash and comb your hair again. Meanwhile, ask your grandmother to watch your black woolen dress, your belt, and your cape. Thereupon, the girl returned home. Upon explaining to her grandmother what she had experienced, she exclaimed, How fortunate! Thanks! That old woman is old spider woman. She's our grandmother and is siding with us. And so apparently that's what the So'o said to the young girl, mm. acknowledging or recognizing <clears throat> that this other old woman was Go Kyung So Wu. Yeah. yeah. And apparently Go Kyung So Wu can make you. <laughs> she basically said to the girl, Damn, you're ugly, man, right now. Come inside my home. I'll make you pretty. God. <laughs> okay. And then the following day, the girl once more returned to old Spider Woman. Upon her arrival, her hair was combed and stretched again. As a result, it grew even longer. Now take off your clothes, old spider woman said. I'm going to bathe you. She already had some medicine soaking, which she used for the bath. 
In addition, she had some white pants ready on a tray from this. I'm sorry. In addition, she had some white paint ready on a tray. From this paint, she took a handful and applied it all over the girl's wet body. When she was done, she took a look at the girl. Her skin had become fully light complected. It had also gotten smooth. All right, the old woman said. Tomorrow you must come back and then we'll repeat the process. Very, gr- very well, the girl replied. And because your skin is all white now, you must cover yourself lightly with a shawl from now on. When you walk about, no one will notice it then, she added. The girl did as told. Every time she returned home, now she kept herself wrapped in her shawl. On the fourth day, she came to the old woman for the last time. That same evening, she was to call on the boy. You've come, the old woman greeted her. Yes, the girl answered. Very well. Today I'll treat you for the last time. Tonight you go to the boy as you know he also conducts a test with the girl's cornflower. He has an abalone shell hanging from the ceiling on his second story. Each girl must bring some flower to him, which he then can cast on the shell. He's promised to marry the girl whose flower sticks to it. You need to grind corn. Therefore, when you get home... But make sure you don't grind it too fine. Keep it coarse. If it's rough, it's bound to stick. Fine flour is too smooth and the shell is slippery. That's why it won't stick, she explained. Once more, the girl's hair was washed after receiving a bath. Her skin was treated with the white paint and her hair stretched with the sword baton. By now, it touched the floor. So long it had become... So long it had become... All right, old spider woman said. Next, he also wants a girl with a large loa. Rest <laughs> assured, this is where it's interesting. To that too. With that, she picked up a little rattle and started singing. As a result of her singing, somebody entered her adobe, flying around in it with a large humming sound. Sit down, old spider woman said. Yes, answered the visitor. Well, why do you need me so speedily? He asked. He was a young black fellow with yellow stripes running from both sides of his nose across his cheeks. No question, he was a bee. Yes, old spider woman replied. I truly need you. This here is my granddaughter. You've probably heard that the village chief's son is very choosy. The only girl he will accept must be beautiful and light-complected. Her hair must be long. In addition, he insists that her lower be big and sweet. This is where you come in. That's all right by me, B replied. Now, girl, the old woman continued, pull up your dress and lie down on your back. With that, she turned to B. There's the girl. I know that each time you sting a person, the place where you sting swells up and gets large. <laughs> yes, indeed, the bee replied. While sitting, while sting her lower so that it can get big, she ordered the bee. Bee did as bidden and stung the girl's lower. It really swelled up, and now the girl had a large lower. Remember, the boy also wants the lower that is sweet. <laughs> No problem, B replied. I'll take care of that too. Thereupon he spread his honey on her genitals. Now her lower was both large and sweet. That should do it, B said. 
Very well, thank you. You did the right thing to her. By now it was getting evening. It was getting evening, so old Spider Woman said to the girl, "All right, B did the right thing to you. With some good fortune, you may indeed win the boy. It's doubtful, though, being the son of the village leader." His parents and relatives are looking for a woman with a status for him. We're just us, poor and low class. But you must go now. Grind the corn. Don't grind it fine. Make it into a ball and take it over to the Yushi set. God damn! So I guess like uh, if you're if you were to start a traditional spa out here on Hopi for yeah. women, yeah, that part of the procedure is to make your loa big and sweet. <laughs> And so instead of acupuncture, use a B. Use a B. <laughs> Lift up your dress. <laughs> God damn. This is this is like fifty shades of Mossy here. No kidding. Oh, yeah. we're, we're asking to be me too <laughs> by this episode. This is a man, this is raunchy stuff. <laughs> Kids, shut your shut your ears. Okay. And so continuing the story. Thereupon the two ate supper. Then it was time for the girl to call on the boy. Sure enough, the rumor that he was always busy doing something turned out to be true. He happened to be knitting leggings. What are you doing? The girl inquired. I'm knitting leggings, he replied. Did you come to see me? Yes, she answered. Casting a glance at the girl, he noticed that she was very beautiful. She wore her butterfly hairdo and big quirls, and her skin was light-complected. Come in, the boy invited her. Upon entering, the girl explained, Well, I came to see you. I know you've inspected all the girls and that my grandmother and I are poor folk. We're not thought of as people deserving to live in the village. Still, I thought it would not hurt to try and win you. Very well, he replied. Do have a seat. The girl now gathered up her dress a little, and lo and behold, her legs were white, so white that the boy could not help but stare at them. The girl unveiled her thighs. Stepping up to her, he rubbed them. What a sight! They were smooth and white. The boy asked, Don't you have a sweetheart yet? Goddamn, so I guess if you, you're <laughs> courting and you meet somebody for the first time, yeah, you gotta you touch their, her, her glass. Yeah, I guess so. Man, I, I got to learn from this book here. <laughs> <laughs> Lift up your dress. Okay, back to the story. Right. No, she replied. What's wrong with all the boys that they haven't discovered you yet? You're most beautiful. Your skin is light-complected and your thighs are smooth. Well, you see, I'm poor and have nothing, but I took a bath before I came. Is that so? Next, he reached up under her dress. No question, her level was big. Petting it, he said, All right, maybe you're the one for me. <laughs> and so this next line, I'm going to deter from what's written. Let me topta you. <laughs> this is a bed uh, this is a bedtime story? Yeah, this is from a book. Oh man. Full yeah. disclaimer, Egg listeners, this is from a book. Eckhart Malokio is having a good time writing this. <laughs> You probably had to take like 20 breaks in between stories or something. <laughs> had, had a good time That's with this a, one. Yeah. Obediently, the girl lay down on the ground and pulled up her dress. What an enormous loa she had. The boy climbed on top of her and started working on her. He had intercourse with her, if you're wondering what's up the means. 
Of course, he also wanted a sweet loa, so he said to the girl, Let me taste your loa. I have a hunch it might be delicious. This Okay, I'm gonna skip this oh, yeah, paragraph. Yeah. yeah, this is a this is a family podcast here. <laughs> and so the boy says, I'll probably take you, but let me take a look at your hair. You know I like it long. Some of the girls fake its length by attaching a piece, he said. The girl untied her hair. Its length was incredible. When it fell down, it touched the ground. Stroking it, the youth said, All right, one thing still remains. I wonder if you have any cornflour on you. I'd like to make a ball of it and throw against the shell. If it sticks, you're bound to be mine. Yes, I have a little on me, she replied, unwrapping the tray which held the flour. The boy kneaded some of it into a ball and cast it up towards the abalone shell. It held. When the girl noticed it sticking, she nearly swooned. The boy said, Well, there's nothing I can do. You beat me. Four days hence, therefore, I'll come take you to my house. Agreed, the girl replied. With a happy heart, she returned home, for she had won the boy. Upon her arrival, she told her grandmother all about the experience. She reacted with joy. Oh, thank you, she exclaimed. We may be unattractive, but she hurt, but he sure fell for you. <laughs> and just thinking about this story in today's context, <laughs> yeah, actually, it doesn't. Uh, it's not too far off on today's <laughs> world and how we see beauty. God, no kidding, huh? Yeah, it's so it's so weird. And I, I guess as a bonus bonus adage. For the paragraph that I skipped yeah. in English, All right. I will now say it in, in Hopi, Hopi? All right. for, for those that may accuse us of cens- censorship. Tamalaiva. <laughs> <laughs> ปุยาปมปุตตุปลาวเกปมยาอันสะปิกกวงวะละวะนาวะกนะเกปุยาโอวิปุตมานาอปังกาวกะชนะเอละวายอังยะเกยะเกนิยาวกิตาปัสฮ
basically what he said that it was a jar of honey that he <laughs> that he had <laughs> and uh and so continuing with the story the youth did choose to go with this girl yeah because of all of the work that Gokyang Sowiti had done with this girl to make her look beautiful lined up the skin made her hair look long and then the bees work below the belt <laughs> and made everything down there taste squangma. Yep. And then so here we are with the youth and the girl planning the marriage. All right. And so from that day on, the girl and her grandmother were grinding corn and making piki. After all, the girl would be going to the groom's house to be a bride. Finally, they readied large amounts of the necessary food, and indeed, the two had just finished supper, the evening of the fourth day when the boy showed up. No doubt he was a handsome youth. All right, I've come to get you, he said. Fine, the girl replied. When old spider woman learned of this event, she entered the girl's house without the occupants being aware of it. The groom and the br bride were about to depart when the boy stepped outside to urinate. No sooner was he gone than the girl heard a voice. It was the voice of old spider woman, whom she detected sitting on her leg with drawn up knees. I'll accompany you, she said. There'll be jealousy on the part of some of the other girls who were after the boy. We're poor, yet you succeeded in winning him. They cannot be pleased with that. That's why I'll go with you. Just put me on top of your ear. The girl complied with her wishes and placed her on the edge of her ear. That'll do, old spider woman continued. Some of those girls are bound to challenge you. They're powerful. Meanwhile, the boy was done urinating and returned. All right, let's go, he said. With that, he took his bride along and led her up to his household. How about some words of welcome? I am not alone, he announced upon his arrival. And so I guess in Hopi that would say, uh, Gowa wa totangoy na kanalaway na mai. And so I guess that's why you shouted when you were yeah. entering in the home. Yeah. His parents inside welcomed the two. Come in, they cried. Upon entering, the girl noticed that they had a very nice home. The parents, in turn, upon seeing the bride, found her most beautiful. Her butterfly hairdo was done in the traditional style of the marriageable woman. Its whirls on both sides of her head were huge. Come in, they greeted. This is the one I've been telling you about, the boy said to his parents. She's the one who beat me at my own game. Therefore, she will be my bride. All right, they replied, whereupon the mother said to the girl, You know, tomorrow at the crack of dawn, it'll be your turn to grind corn. Then they all went to bed. Early the next day, the boy's mother could be hurt. Girl, get up. It's time for you to grind. We'll have to eat. She filled the grinding bin with corn kernels, and then the girl, and the girl ground. While this was going on, the villagers were headed out to the waste dump passing the chief's house they heard the corn being ground also among those going to the dump was a girl immediately she halted to listen the grinding did not seem to be that of the boy's mother the chief's wife ground in a completely different manner i guess the women folk knew exactly what it sounded like when one of them ground 
This certainly did not sound like the village leader's wife. Maybe the boy has a found. Maybe the boy has found a girl. The listener wondered. She was a witch and was not pleased about this at all. Upon returning home, she said to her mother, "Please go get some live coals at the chief's house. We need to build a fire." Oh no. This is where uh, where this is where it gets interesting. It, it's funny because you know the Gokyang Soul with he's telling the young girl about uh, the jealousy. Yeah, you're yeah. about to get married. That that sure hasn't ceased <laughs> in this day and age when it comes to Hopi. Yep, weddings. exactly. You know this this story kind of reminds me of Cinderella as well too. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. You know that's you, right. She's really homely and you know she's. And then she gets helped by the little rats, but it's instead it's uh, Go Kyung So Wu. She has her uh, Cinderella has her fairy godmother, yeah. except that this uh, girl has Go Kyung So Wu. <laughs> except that Cinderella is the PG thirteen, uh, you know, the PG and one. Is, and this one this is, is the TVMA. <laughs> this is the TVMA. The this is the one that you have to. Uh, this was plays on Skinamax. <laughs> <laughs> This is at 10 o'clock at uh, night. This, this, uh, original source of this was Pornhub, I guess. <laughs> so I have a bunch of recordings like that. <laughs> and so, continuing the story. And this is the Bawak Mana, the witch girl, yeah. that's talking to her mother. The mother replying back to the witch girl. All right, but why do you ask me to go there in particular? Well, I heard something. On the way to the dump and coming back too, I heard someone grinding there. I listened, but it was not the boy's mother who ground. When she grinds, it sounds different. This grinding was smooth and quick. Is that so? Well, let me go get some live coals there, replied the woman, the witch's mother. She tore some juniper bark to make it soft and pliable and was on her way. Sure enough, as she ascended to the house in question, she heard the sounds of grinding. Hawa, she called before entering. Come in, came the reply. I came to borrow some live coals, the woman explained. Sure, come here. There are, st- there are still some glowing embers in the fire pit, the wife of the village leader announced. While stepping up to the fire pit, Place, the woman glanced towards the grinding bin. Lo and behold, a beautiful, a beautiful girl with huge butterfly hair whirls was at work there. Upon lifting her bark, she turned to the chief's wife and asked, Do you have a bride here? Yes, we do. Our son loves that girl and brought her here last night as a bride. So she's here grinding as part of, as part of her obligations. How nice you are to be envied. I'm glad you found a daughter-in-law. With that, she, the mother of the witch, replied. Upon reaching home, she informed her daughter what she had learned. Her daughter, the witch, grew furious. I had a hunch something like this would happen, she cried. Do you recognize the girl, she asked. No, but she's gorgeous. I have no idea who she might be. The two thought about all the unmarried women in the village. I wonder who she is. I don't know anyone who's so good looking. I don't know if you know anyone who's <laughs> that good looking either, Carl. Uh, I know definitely not none of my sisters. Yeah, oh, yeah. All your sisters are good looking. <laughs> Maybe she's from another village. I don't know, but we're bound to find out where she's from, the witch girl replied. Right away, she told one of her girlfriends who, like her, was a witch. 
Somehow the two managed to ascertain that the bride was from the ash and dump area. How on earth could she have become so good looking, they asked themselves. She used to be ugly, they kept insisting. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, you know, you meet some girls from like junior high yes, school. And you're like, yes. Kind of like, and then all of a sudden in high school, like, God damn. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, why the hell are you going out here? She used to look like a pig back then. <laughs> now she looks hot. <laughs> The witch mothers explain, someone can be homely as a child, but become handsome and attractive upon reaching adulthood. Well, see, Carl, you got a chance still to oh, yeah. be handsome in the future. <laughs> I only only look for Wokokasi uh, and then uh, honey pots. And Kuangwala. Uh, <laughs> very picky. <laughs> she is younger than you and was never very good looking, but then she grew older and turned into a gorgeous girl. No wonder that boy chose her. She won't have him for a husband very long. We're bound to get him back, the two witches swore. Don't you do that. I'm glad he likes her and is staying with her, the mother replied. But her daughter was not moved. I must have him for myself, she said, seething with anger. Meanwhile, the girl was going through her pre-wedding grinding at the boy's house. The other village girls would call upon her and assist her with this chore. On one such occasion, the two witches stopped by as they were helping the girl with the grinding. Her finger was suddenly stung by something which fiercely pierced her flesh. She quickly dropped her grinding slab and inspected the wound. A sliver was lodged in her finger. Old spider woman had noticed it also. Leave it alone, she advised the girl. Just keep it nice and moist with your tongue. It's still stuck in there, but you can go on grinding. Just make sure you don't hold the mano with this finger. Keep, keep wetting the wound. Do it four times, then you can grab the sliver with your teeth and pull it out. The girl did as told. With the two witches watching her stealthily, is there anything wrong, they inquired. Yes, a sliver drove into my finger and is stuck in there. I am trying to pull it out, but it's very difficult. Let me pull it out for you, one of the witches' girls volunteered. Old spider woman, however, whispered into the girl's ear, Don't permit her to do that. While extracting that sliver, they'll insert some other thing on which they have put a hex. As a result, your arm and hand will swell up. You must not let her do that. Tell her you'll do it yourself. Once more, one of the witches urged, I'll take the sliver out for you. The pain was terrible. When it hurts a little less, you can pull it out, she replied. As requested, the girl kept moistening the wound. Eventually, the sliver was so wet that she was able to extract it with her teeth. It was quite long and had a sharp point. The old woman at her ear whispered, Discard it into the fireplace. There it'll burn up. That's the tip of the devil's claw which is very bitter. The person who pricks himself with it gets infected. That's why you must set it aflame. And watch out, those two are going to resort to other things yet. This is what old spider woman told her. The girl stood up and drew the devil's claw point into the fire. Indeed, it burned up. Then she returned and continued with her grinding. The following morning upon wake awakening, she inspected her finger. The pain had subsided and it was fine. The next day, the girl ground again. Having done that, her mother-in-law asked her, Girl, aren't you going to make biki for us? Sure, I will, she replied. 
soul gonna ever ask somebody to make beaky <laughs> make for beaky. you guys? Yeah, that's probably never gonna happen. <laughs> we, yeah, soul buys hers. So, <laughs> at once she began making the batter. Upon taking it over to the beaky house, old Spider Woman, her grandmother, said to her. Be careful now. Those two witch girls have built a big fire under the beaky griddle. It's extremely hot. I suggest you don't start out with the beaky. Make some blue cookies first. Slap the batter on real white. That'll cool the griddle down. Once you've lifted the cookies off, you can make beaky. Don't forget, because the stone will be glowing hot, you would singe your hand and could not use it anymore. Keeping this in mind, the girl knelt down by the griddle and dropped some batter on it. My, was it hot. So she scooped up a handful of the batter and started making the blue cookies. The entire griddle was covered with the batter. When the cup cookies were done, she peeled them off and put them aside. Just then, the mother-in-law entered the bakery house. Right away, the girl said, I also made these cookies for you. They're quite tasty. I thought you might like them. Thank you, exclaimed the woman. I was going to tell you. That my son really relishes them. You did just right. With that, she stacked the cookies on the flat tray. By now, the griddle had cooled off and the girl was able to spread on the beaky batter. Finally, she was done. That very moment, the two witches popped in. Oh, you've been making beaky, they exclaimed. What a nice job you've done. They had expected, of course, to see the palm of her hand burned and covered with blisters, but it was unhurt. Somehow the girl had managed to make beaky. The witches grew furious when they realized they had failed. They departed for home full of anger. Meanwhile, the girl's mother-in-law returned and said, Girl, I'd like you to grind corn for the big ame pudding now. We'll bury that in the earth oven later tonight. That's fine by me, the girl replied. Once more she began grinding white corn this time because it was for big ame. While engaged in this task, her mother-in-law called in. Daughter-in-law, what is it? Your hot water just boiled. Come here and help me with the batter. Then we can place it in the oven. All right, she, ex- she replied. At this point, old spider woman uttered a warning into the girl's ear. Be careful when you make the batter. The minute you start stirring, your hand will touch some creature. Don't harm it. Let it crawl up your elbow before you blow it off. Be prepared for a long creature which can bite. The poison can spread in a person's hand and cause the entire arm to wither. I'll signal you when to cast it off. The girl now made the batter for the big gummy. True enough, some critter was crawling around. Upon taking a closer look, she saw how long its body was. It had an incredible number of legs sticking out on both sides. When it reached her elbow, the old woman said, Now, blow it off. The girl did as bidden and blew at the critter. As a result, it fell off. It was a centipede. Thank you. Did you ever play that game before centipede? Oh, yeah. The, the game at the at the, uh, what, the arcade? arcade. At a, uh, Metro Center Mall. Oh, yeah. Thanks. You did just right, old, sport, old, old spider woman said. Burn it now. The girl picked up the centipede with a small stick and carried it to the fireplace, where she threw it on the flames. Thanks, her grandmother commented again. That'll do. Just then, the girl's mother-in-law came in. Well, are you, well, 
Are you done? She asked. Yes, I'm nearly finished. Great. With that, the two lay corn husk leaves flat onto the earthenware vessel. Into this, the big ummy batter was poured. All right, let's bring this over here now and place it onto the ground oven. It's nice and hot. Once more, old spider woman had to counsel her. All right, do as you're told and place the vessel into the oven. Then go back to the house after a little while, say to your mother-in-law, I'll go back and stoke the fire. At that time, you must chew this medicine here and spray it on the embers. If you do that, they won't cool off. Those two witches will almost certainly mess with them to have your fire go out. Your pudding would not go your pudding would not bake properly then. With this medicine, however, your fire will burn all night. It won't burn down. This is how she advised the girl. Both the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law now buried the pikami in the earth oven. While returning to the house, the girl said, Let me go back and add some more fuel. All right, said the mother-in-law. Upon getting to the oven, she sprayed the chewed medicine on the coals and then went back. The witches had been watching her, and when she had re-entered the house, they said, Let's go over to her pikami oven. They found the fire in it burning nicely. Somehow we should have gotten that boy, but she managed to take him away from us, they muttered as they, in turn, sprayed their magic potion on the flames. That should do it. Now the fire will die down. With that, they left. The next morning, the two witches were spying from a secret place. They were curious in what condition the bride would dig up the pikami. That same morning, upon waking her daughter-in-law, the boy's mother said, Daughter-in-law, the hominy and meat stew has boiled and is done. Go to your pikami and stir it. We'll serve it in a minute. Fine, she answered. Whereupon she headed out to the ground oven. She carefully swept aside the embers on top. They were still live and hot. When the entire cover was removed, she began digging out pudding. First, she reached into the pit and lifted off the flat stones. Then her mother-in-law herself extracted the pudding from the pit. Here it is, she said, starting to stir it. The two witch girls observed all of this. Apparently, the pikami was in perfect condition, for they heard the mother-in-law exclaim, Delicious! It's done just right! They were very upset. Once more, they had done something wrong because the fire was not extinguished. In her anger, one of them said, There's another scheme left for us to employ. By the time that family eats breakfast in the morning, it will have paid off. You bet, her witch friend agreed. Dang. Because it kind of is like Cinderella. It is like Cinderella. The the evil wicked stepsister. Exactly. And then the evil wicked wicked, uh, witch, you know, the the one that wants the daughters to. The the one that wants to take the voice away from Snow White. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Disney owes Hopi for millions of dollars. (laughs) uh, The reason why they didn't want to take this story is because of the honeypot. There was a little bit too much. There was honey too in much honey story. in that story. Too much then. honey in the story. <laughs> Eckhart had a little bit too much uh, gain on this one. Here. I had a little bit too much whiskey when writing this book. <laughs> Upon returning with the pikami, the mother-in-law said, "All right, daughter-in-law, serve the meat stew with the hominy now, and then your father can make the announcement for the feast." The girl did as bidden and dished out the hominy stew. No sooner was she done than her mother-in-law said to her husband, Go on and let the people know they're to come and eat with us. Then we'll take out 
then we'll take our daughter-in-law back to her parents' house. All right, he agreed and climbed on the roof. I guess you people out there are awake by now. All of you come here to eat. We'll be taking our daughter-in-law back to her house. This is the public announcement that he had made. <laughs> kind of weird to hear that in English, huh? Yeah, exactly. Like When somebody come to my house and eat. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say it in the proper way. All right, go ahead. Let's see. Old Spider Woman spoke up again. For sure the two witches will also attend the feast, she said. They intend to put something in the stew so it tastes spoiled. The guests won't be able to eat it and they will blame you for it. When those two come, they'll probably bring some piki or samiviki of their own. You stand at the door and accept their gift. Then say to them, have a seat. I'll serve you in a little while. Of course, they won't help themselves to their own samiviki. One of their somiviki packages will be bagged. It will be very obvious because it will have a knot on top. When you spot that, pick it up and hide it somewhere. The rest of the somiviki you can set out with all the other food. All right, the girl consented. Meanwhile, the people started out for the feast. Before any of the guests had entered, the two witch girls had already arrived. The bride stood by the entrance way and welcomed them along with the others. Come on in, sit down and eat, she said. Thank you for bringing this food, she said as the two entered. Sure, they replied. Set it down there. As soon as you're seated, I'll serve you. Very well, answered the two witches, and they sat down. Damn, they're, they're, they are... Ruthless. They're, they're, they're uh, what, what do you call, how do you say, jealous in uh, slang terms? The, jelly? The, the gel, real, jelly. Real yeah. Je- jelly oh, ladies. Jelly ladies, man. Uh, all you Hopi women are like that. I, I, I can tell who out there these ancestors belong to. <laughs> they're all like, this bitch going down. God damn, well, we better shut the fuck up before we're. <laughs> before we get canceled. Before we can't talk anymore. <laughs> Okay. Yep. And the story's almost done. All right. The story's perfect. almost done. The girl now inspected their somiviki. True enough, one of them had a knot on top. I guess this is the one the old woman was talking about. Yes, that's the one, old spider woman said into her ear. Hide it. She wedged it in between her belt. Next, she took the tray with the somiviki over to her guest and placed it in front of them. All right, everybody, eat now. I'm glad you brought this, she said. The two witch girls joined the feast. While eating, they looked for their own sumiviki. Dipping it into the meat stew would have caused it to take on a rotten flavor, but they could not find it. Angrily, they said, how on earth did she recognize it and did not serve it with the rest? Quickly, they gulped down their food and left. Now the old spider woman said, remember the sumiviki you hit? Untie the knot, open the package, crush its contents, and throw the pieces outside. The dogs can gobble it up there. The girl obeyed and got the package. Upon crushing up the food, she cast it outdoors. Sure enough, the dogs lapped it up. 
that'll do now, old Spider-Woman said. Everybody has to be satisfied now, so clear away the dishes. After that, you'll be dressed in your wedding garments and then you can go home. However, those two will change you one last challenge you one last time. This time they'll use your wedding boots. Your mother-in-law will assist you with those. When she's about to help you into the boots, don't put them on right away. Ask her first. Put Please put some corn flour into them, the blue and the white kind. Then shake the boots and dump the flour out. You'll see there's going to be a scorpion inside. A sting from the creature is deadly. That's why the witch girls will put, will put one in. As soon as the scorpion falls out of the boot, kill it. Then you can put your boots on. Bitten by a scorpion, you'd never make it to your house. This is how the two are going to challenge you, so don't forget, the old woman said. Thereupon, they started dressing the bride. When she had all her garments on and her mother-in-law was about to help her into her wedding boots, she said, Wait, put some white and blue flour into the boots and shake them out with that. Her mother-in-law did as bidden. Sure enough, as she emptied out one of the boots, a scorpion fell out together with the flour. Dear me, why is that creature in there? She cried out in horror. I have no idea, the girl re replied, whereupon she picked up a stick and killed the beast. There, she said. Now she slipped on her boots, and when she was all finished, the village chief fashioned a prayer feather for her daughter-in-law. Well then, he said, we'll take you to your house now. Go with a happy heart. Take your husband along, for you want him. From this day on, the two of you will be living together. Thank you, she replied. Then the procession got underway. When a bride goes home, the people watch, of course. The two witch girls were among the onlookers. They saw her striding along unharmed. When they realized she was safe and sound, they were beside themselves with rage. They were a lot of... There were a... They were at a loss why their pet had failed to sting her. The girl had to be endowed with great powers to always figure out what they had planned. Knowing that they would never be able to harm her, they finally decided to give up and let the girl go in peace. In this way, the homely girl from the dumping grounds below the village went home having won the boy. Old Spider-Woman had helped her in her endeavors, of course, and had seen to it that everything turned out all right. As a result, she had... She now had a husband, the boy who had been so particular with girls. I suppose they're still living there somewhere. And there, and here, the story ends by Yuk Bele. Damn, man. <laughs> well, that was a good story. I, I, I say that was a good story besides the, the honey pot and the... Besides the, the porn section the, of the story, yeah. <laughs> The Skinamax version of it. I mean, it was it was a good story. I believe it does sound like uh, the the Cinderella. It does sound like that. Mm -hmm, it, it did mm -hmm. sound like Cinderella and a little bit of like Snow White uh, mixed in with it, like the the mother or the the queen queen bee mixed yeah. in with the school of cock. And yeah, <laughs> and then Fifty Shades of Grey thrown in <laughs> afterwards. So, and you know, I guess kind of uh, somewhat of a disclaimer is that you know, I guess this story is kind of particularly unique to this type of book because then you know, in the title it does say uh, tales of sexual encounter. But yeah. then you know, like we've mentioned this in this podcast before, that you know, sex. I, I guess the topic of sex is pretty much intertwined with with Hopi, Hopi culture. culture. Yeah, and not really, I suppose, for the reason of uh, the reason why porns around. But I guess 
really the reason for um, like for reproduction for reproduction, reproduction purposes. purposes. Yeah, it's our belief that you know our purpose here is to populate the earth, and how else do you do it than through having sex? Yeah, and you know, like because uh, we do have spirits like that as well too, where where they come out during certain times of the year, and they they make sure that they have all the girls and he uh, you know during that time during Patsabu he would come out and top all the girls he would hump all the yeah, girls yeah or hump all the girls basically and then that would give him give them like uh, like Fertility. Fertility, Fertility. basically. Yeah. And for like long life and for everything. And back then, Hopi was a, such a small population. Mm-hmm. That's how they believed that they could get the a population lot. Population yeah, bigger. Yeah, population bigger. And that we are getting bigger. You know, we're, mm-hmm. what was the census now? Like um, 15, 16,000. Yeah, yeah 15, like 16,000 Hopis. And we are getting bigger with that. God so, damn, huh? The Hopis must have got cricket. That's why the Mustap Katinas went to the Navajos and. <laughs> They're and give like them a hundred thousand quarter of a million strong, <laughs> hundred thousand uh, top does over there. So, and and you know it, it's interesting to me. I guess like as far as Gokyang so because that's a common theme as far as her place in a lot of these stories is that she does tend to hang out in the ears yeah, of the heroes. Yeah, yeah, and as she gives her instructions on for them to how to be able to evade and, their enemies and I, or any type of threat that's coming their way. And I guess that's uh, basically what you have as well too. Like in Bahana religion, you have like the 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 good angel and the bad angel. You know, sitting on on your shoulder there, telling you what to do and what how to proceed with your oh, life. I thought you were going to compare her to Tinkerbell or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Tinkerbell, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But but all in all, I mean, it was a great story. I believe that it was a great story. Um, I, I really do enjoy that story. Yeah, yeah. It's been some time since I, I, I read that story, but it, it's a favorite of mine. It's, uh, it's you have to have like, uh, you know, your handkerchief just to wipe the way it's Because, you know, I like to pretend, I like to think of myself as, as I was the choosy boy <laughs> in real life. And, you know, all these ladies were trying to win my it's affection. Like, but then yet, not that the rest famous life came from an ash pile, but... <laughs> I'll stop now before I end up on the couch for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. You're you're gonna sit outside now, so. <laughs> but it was a it, you know the episode was great. This was just for you guys to uh, have a great story, and this is something that KUII would never uh, play on the radio. So along with that, yes, we do we do have this uh, available, and the book is available online as well too. Just go to Amazon and search for the bed bugs, and we'll actually post a picture of it so you guys can. Um, uh, Google it and get your own copy. You can read other tales such as the horn lizard family, the man crazed woman, and Carl's favorite, the long quasi of Coco Pelli. <laughs> that one I wanted to read. <laughs> the long quasi of Coco Pelli. It's a 12 footer one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what you call a foot long. It's a 12. That's a, that's a real foot long there. But anyway, uh, if you have gotten this far, thank you guys for sticking around. And if you guys want to donate something, go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast to become a member of the 30 pack family. It's only $4.99 or $9.99 a month. I mean, it's very, very great. It helps us along the way. Even though it's a small donation every month, uh, it helps us in a big way. Also, if you want to donate something 
uh, other than just four ninety nine, just one time donation, just go to buymeacoffee.com slash CJ podcast. If you're not following us on our social medias, you can find us at Carl and J-Man on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also find our latest episodes on YouTube. I'm very happy to say so. A big congratulations. Clap, clap for the hand to the YouTube guy. And then also, uh, don't forget to catch us for our live Christmas-themed episode, which will be the last episode for this season. And I, I guess at that point, then, you know, we'll see you guys again next year. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to give our podcast a five-star review because your podcast isn't five stars unless your Apple Podcast is five stars. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World Podcast. My name is Carl, and this is my best friend, J-Man. So long, what quest?